Listen, you smell something? Human emotions are materializing in the form of a viscous psychoreactive plasm with explosive supernormal potential. What a discovery, a psychoreactive substance. Do you know what this equipment is used for? Boggle or Super Mario Brothers? We'll have fun! Yeah! They're still doing a really quite good work there. My friend, don't be a jerk. We've got no choice. Call a Ghostbusters. Super Jackpot! Welcome to Extraplasm Podcast. It's the only podcast on the internet that believes that what every ice cream truck and grocer's freezer needs now is an Italian frozen Ghostbusters themed dessert under the brand Scolari's Dairy. I'm your host, Jim Meritato, and I'm into gelato, and I'm also Vink Maniac from the internet. And this week, I'm excited to talk with you all about a bunch of news and events that have been announced over the last week, as well as the chat with a member of the Ghostbusters fan community whose franchise is doing valuable work to support firefighters this coming Ghostbusters Day. Uh, Dan Lyberg of the Buffalo Ghostbusters joins us this week to talk to us about the exciting Ghostbusters Day events that'll be taking place at Hook and Ladder 8 uh, in June and how their work with the Firehouse has developed into a recurring public event, how fans can get involved to support the firefighters of Hook and Ladder 8 in their annual charity effort, and a bit about you know Buffalo Ghostbusters and sort of Dan Howe got involved with that entire experience. So uh, it's a fun conversation, and I was really excited to talk with Dan because he's a person who I've gotten to know briefly in back-and-forth interactions on the internet, but we've never really had a one-on-one conversation, even though uh, I've sort of directed friends to his franchise to bring their kid uh, to see him for years. So it was kind of cool to finally get to talk with Dan a bit. Um, and this is a really busy week in terms of headlines and things. I kind of joked last week that, uh, you know, there was that we had things on the horizon that in the soon we would start seeing a lot more things happening and that there was a very short news segment because there was uh, so little to talk about. And I published the episode and, you know, 12 hours later, <laughs> there was all kinds of things to talk about. So we're going to get into some of those things this week. And I'll say, say to you point blank, that means we've got a pretty healthy helping of extraplasm to dig into this week. And for me, it's a week where I'm actually a little bit older uh, because I had a birthday since we last talked. And I spent my weekend uh, sort of partying with baby goats at a goat yoga joint as a surprise birthday activity. And then I found out I would be seeing a screening of uh, Weird, the Weird Al written and produced movie about his career that is a fictional take on how he's he started his career. Uh, and I won't tell you how the movie ends, but to be fair, it does not end the way that actual Weird Al Yankovic's career ends. Uh, but the craziest part about this is that it was a charity benefit that had about 160 people in the room. And I ended up sitting in the second to last row uh, of this theater. and. Uh, lo and behold, the person who was seated right behind me so that that way they could watch the entire event and then participate in a Q&A afterwards was, in fact, Weird Al Yankovic. Uh, so Weird Al uh, sat directly behind me and <laughs> breathed all over me for the better part of three hours, um, which was kind of a very strange way to start a new year. Uh, very weird way, if you think about it, because I saw Weird Al watching a movie that Weird Al made while I watched the movie. And the movie was about Weird Al, except that it was a weird movie that's not about his real life. And it was the first time he'd seen audiences actually react to it because it was a direct-to-streaming thing that for the first time ever was shown on a screen. So all in all, pretty weird stuff. Um, So we're going to get into some weird stuff ourselves in terms of Ghostbusters. Uh, But, you know, as as I start my 43rd year and we all start a new week, Let's all find out together what's in store ahead by getting into some Ghostbusters headlines. 
Still making headlines all across the country, the Ghostbusters are at it again. Today, the entire eastern seaboard is alive with talk of incidents of paranormal activity. All in topic today, ghosts and ghostbusting. Extra plasm, read all about it. Ghostbusters headlines coming at you. Before we get into the headlines proper this week, I want to take a moment to make a quick programming note. Uh, some listeners may be expecting that there's going to be some coverage of some photos that were recently published by a periodical publication in the UK that show yet-to-be-announced casting and character details and that give away visual elements of the upcoming Ghostbusters movie. Hmm. Some listeners may be dreading any discussion of the same thing. I would be. Uh, to be clear, we won't be discussing these photos or the publication or the article in which they appear this week other than this acknowledgement that it exists. The podcast remains spoiler-free. Rest assured that when Ghost Corps and Columbia Pictures are ready to show us what they're working on and share elements in trailers, teasers, and the like, I'll be here to talk about it with you, our guests, etc. But for now, uh, we're going to put a pin in any discussions about plot lines, casting, or other story details. Uh, but don't worry, there's a ton of other stuff for us to talk about, even though I'm going to shove a pin in the proverbial balloon of those who would like to spoil things. Uh, so, again... This podcast remains spoiler free and cost free, and it's a great deal. Uh, that's my take. But <laughs> you could, you don't, you may have a different opinion. But if you do, you probably didn't listen this far. So, um, lucky me. <laughs> let's find out though about what we are going to talk about this week. Uh, my first headlines for you to talk about are our merch headlines. Um, let's talk about proton packs. This is probably one of the biggest things of the week. Uh, proton packs are a thing now. Uh, Ten years ago, if you wanted to buy a proton pack, you had to go find somebody to make one for you or you had to figure out how to make one yourself. Uh, we had HasLab packs that we bought, you know, last year, many of us, and then they came out to us this year and everyone was like, wow, it's amazing. There, there's actual proton packs you could buy. And we, we knew that, like, you know, Max um, had, you know, Max had some uh, some proton pack shells they were working on that were officially licensed. Uh, so if you're not sure what Max is, Max Factory. Uh, and that was kind of cool. It was like, all right, if you want a higher end thing, then there's some licensed proton packs. Well, now Spirit Halloween has a full size proton pack at the same time that Fun.com allegedly still has a full size proton pack. <laughs> so um, to do the Fun.com thing real quick, uh, Fun.com has announced that their proton pack will be apparently arriving on August 15th and will still retail for a cost of $500. Uh, not to, to totally outdo them, Spirit Halloween turned around this past week and said, hey, we can do that for half that cost and we'll give it to you now. Uh, so Spirit Halloween turned around and whipped out a proton pack that I don't think anyone saw coming. It is a full size proton pack that has been described by some as being a bigger version of the original Spirit pack. I'm going to take issue with that description for a reason. Uh, this is a similar proton pack. To the one from the Spirit Halloween pack, but it is not a just a scaled up same mold. Um, this pack that they've made does not have the hole in the side of it to like attach the wand because the wand actually has a V hook and so does the pack. Uh, but probably the the thing that like nobody's really talking about that I've talked with is that if you look at an an old school Spirit Halloween pack, despite the you know besides the fact that it's an eighty percent size pack, if you look at the cyclotron on it. The cyclotron is only built out and extruded on an original Spirit Halloween pack around the circular portion where the LEDs are, you know, for the lights. But the big fin portion 
which has the clippered, uh, you know, valve stuck on it. That is actually extruded on an actual proton pack. Like there's, you know, a, a sort of a several inches of space between the edge of that thing and, the, you know, the backboard of the proton pack. And there's a label applied there, uh, you know, on an actual you know, screen accurate proton pack or I don't know, whatever. Maybe you have a non screen accurate proton pack and you put awesome kick ass guns and roses stickers there. I don't know. Uh, the point is that there is space enough to put a sticker there, uh, like a caution sticker or a warning sticker. If you're building an actual proton pack on a spirit Halloween pack, that section of the proton pack, the the big fin is almost flush with the backboard. Uh, so th- the reality is that this is not just, hey, they took the original pack and they just scaled it up. They scaled it up. They extruded it. They changed portions of it. Uh, and the one thing, of course, they didn't change was the mounting or the whole position for the speaker in the middle of the cyclotron, which has many people going, what, why, why, why would you do that? Why would you change all the other things, but not change this? And I kind of have to agree. I mean, I think they could have probably relocated that to somewhere else, like potentially the top of the pack, the same way that, uh, Hasbro did. But I think also when you see the inside of the pack, it is also very similar to a spirit pack in that the lights and the speaker are all mounted together with one power source that's activating them. So they would be less cost effective to have to put holes in the top and then run wiring the two places. And you are, of course, talking about a very uh, let's not be rude. Uh, OK, we will cheaply made <laughs> um, proton pack that is made for the, you know, the lowest cost for the highest profit because it's it's a costume prop. It's it's a literal Halloween costume uh, thing. And so. A couple things I'll say about this. I think this is great. Like, I, I'm like, if anybody's heard that, just like, oh, God, Jim hates spirit packs still, even if they're full size. I've never hated spirit packs. Uh, I think this is great that this is out there. The number of options that people have at this point to be able to build a proton pack, to be able to take a proton pack and use a modicum of skills and kits off the shelf to build things is just crazy at this point. And if you had ever told me that you would go from like, hey, we we're going to have a HasLab pack, we were all our minds were blown by that. The notion that you would then see like within six months a full size proton pack that at less cost, uh, but arguably easier modability for the simple fact that, you know, it's a proton pack that the backing comes off of and is kind of hollow inside with instead of something that you have to unscrew as much <laughs> and that kind of kits have already been developed for in other contexts for the smaller one. Um, it's it kind of amazing. I, I realize my mind is blown by this. By the same token, I'm probably not going to buy one because I have too many proton packs at this point and there's just no more room for proton packs. Um, I think that also, you know, from what I've seen, AJ Quick from GB fans got an early review copy of one of these. Uh, so he had one of them and took a video and showed the inside of it. Uh, Jason Fitzsimmons from Ghostbusters News also has received one of these and did a good teardown video of it. Uh, the point being here is that if you look at the proton pack and you flip it over, it does have a motherboard, unlike the original one, which just had a piece of cardboard. It's a flimsy motherboard, but there is a flimsy piece of MDF uh, underneath the uh, padding this time on the backpack. But it's a wide open space. So here's another situation where people are going to be able to build and mod and make all kinds of changes. And in reality, like if if you know true to form, if you're going to say, hey, the, the center of the cyclotron is just scaled up. Cool. Then that means the folks who already make kits and LEDs and things just kind of need to scale up what they had already shrunk down to 80% size to get stuff back in there. And so uh, potentially, you know, you see uh, some new kits that are going to come out. They're going to work with this very easily. 
the same way you see kits coming out for the HasLab pack. So from my perspective, more proton packs is good, except in my house because there's too many of them. Um, <laughs> but in the world is definitely a great idea. And I think that this is really awesome. The question I have is that I'm wondering whether or not these are going to actually find their ways into Spirit Halloween stores. Uh, look, these are $250 a pop. So usually you don't find many of like those $250 to $300 to $400 items in a Spirit Halloween. You find them online and you find a, a far smaller number of them on the shelf at Spirit because, of course, if they're still there on November 1st, somebody's either got to ship them back or they've got to decide to lose them at half cost or half price, rather, uh, you know, for for clearance. Uh, so I'm kind of going to be interested to see you know, what this means. The other big thing here I'm going to say is I, I have to say I'm going to eat a little bit of crow. I had thought for quite a while that we might have been done with Spirit Halloween Ghostbuster stuff. They did not have a real big footprint for it during Halloween of 2021, even though Afterlife was coming out. They had a far bigger footprint for it in 2020 when they thought it was coming out. Um, but by the time we got to 2021, the footprint in the stores for Ghostbusters was really kind of shrunk down and small. I would argue it was bigger in 2019 when you had the 35th anniversary than it was in either of those two years. Uh, but the odd thing is that with Spirit putting out a new Proton Pack all of a sudden, it means that they must still have a license. They must have renewed a license that we thought they might have been losing uh, or somehow got a license as a result of, you know, Ruby's changes, because the reality is that Ruby's is owned by by NECA at this point. And Ruby's makes a lot of the props uh, or they did even the stuff that Spirit, you know, sold was stuff that was came from the exact same mold and factories as, uh, you know, the Ruby stuff. So I don't know how this works, how like what the license agreement is. It's really odd that Fun has a has a license to produce a licensed proton pack and that so does Spirit at the same time, because typically Ghost Core doesn't double dip. They usually will say, you know, give one licensor the exclusive rights to do a specific thing. Uh, and in this case, they're both costume quality replicas that don't really, uh, you know, they're not they're not like cut from a, an actual, you know, scanned prop. I mean, that's the big the th big thing you can say about the HasLab uh, pack is that it's something that was actually scanned from an actual prop. And so you can say it as a lineage to it, arguably as being, uh, you know, tied to an actual pack shell somewhere. Whereas these other two things are kind of creations right? they're inspired by proton packs, but it's developed by costume companies. But, but the fact that it's happening means that there's some potentiality there that maybe we see some other stuff come from spirit. I would love to see Spirit turn around and not do another handheld ghost trap, but to take the ghost trap that existed that Ruby's used to have. That was the Walmart one that's now going for like $150 for no good reason, because it's definitely not worth that uh, on eBay and whatnot. That thing's been discontinued. Nobody's ever going to see that again because it was something that Ruby's put out on their imagined line right before they went out of business. And so there's not many more of those, you know, I don't think there's any more of those coming, but in a world where there's more proton packs being made and spirit is developing new product that is eye opening to me because it says to me that like they've got a license to be doing so. So who knows? Maybe we get revamped, uh, you know, PKE meters. Maybe we get PKE meters that have little flip out shocker things on them. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself entirely and none of those things will happen. Uh, but I think it's kind of cool. Like there's an indicator here that spirit is still in dev mode and there's a new Ghostbusters movie coming out. So I'm kind of stoked. Like what else will we see 
by the time we maybe get to a movie that shows up in a spirit Halloween, because I don't think anybody thought a full size replica of a proton pack was coming. Um, so maybe we'll see what they surprise us with next. Beyond proton packs, if you would like to try and tell the future, Inside Editions has announced they're going to be putting out a set of tarot cards, a 78 card deck with a 128 page book. That'll be coming out uh, with a release date of Halloween of this year. Uh, the book is going to be authored by Amy Chase, who is a comic book writer and who a, used to do content creation for uh, Sideshow Collectibles. Most recently, I had seen that this uh, artist or rather this author had developed uh, some horror stuff for Archie Comics. Uh, so this is somebody who is doing some light horror writing, which probably fits really well into the you know sort of playfulness of a set of tarot cards. And the illustrator, Ben Turner, is a UK-based illustrator who has worked in magazines and publications uh, and also is pretty horror-inspired and leans into horror films and whatnot in their artwork. So um, if you want to find out a little bit more about the style of the folks who may be writing the content for this, you can check this out. I got to say, I'm kind of excited about this as much as it's like a 128 page book and a deck of cards and I'm not really into tarot. The fact that Insight Editions is making this is kind of what has my interest. If you're not sure who Insight is, Insight's the group of folks who make the uh, visual history guide of Ghostbusters. They made the art of Ghostbusters Afterlife book and the Ghostbusters art book. Uh, so a lot of, you know, books that have come out that everybody's been really impressed by. I mean, make a hell of a coffee table book, right? So I'd love to see what they can put out in terms of a set of tarot cards and what that'll be like as a set. Uh, there's no images of this available yet, but you can pre-order it on Amazon today. The actual MSRP for it is $27.99, but when I pre-ordered it, it was actually $25. So if you pre-order on Amazon, of course, they will give you the lowest price that they have available by the time the item ships. So if it goes down further, you have a win and they won't charge you until it actually ships in October. So even if you're like, um, I don't know if I'm going to want this or not, but you just want to lock it in so you know you have one, uh, feel free to give that a shot. Beyond proton packs, beyond tarot cards and things that are specifically you know used to either fight or tap into the paranormal, um, there are some Ghostbusters autographs I want you to know about from the containment unit autograph group that uh, Tom Henry and Matt Sanders run and who've both been guests on this show, of course, um, the there's literally, I think at this point, let me count them while I'm sitting here. One, two, three, four, five potentially opened autograph uh, options for you right now, which is pretty impressive. I have to say uh, that Tom and Matt have this much going on right now. They are concurrently advertising signings with John Bruno, uh, who was the visual effects and art director uh, for Ghostbusters, the original, and who also has worked on things like, uh, you know, The Abyss, Batman Returns, Poltergeist 2, Cliffhanger, True Lies, Terminator 2, Judgment Day, um, Titanic and Heavy Metal. Uh, Camilla Henneman uh, is going to and I I may be saying that name wrong and I'm sorry if I am. Um, you can get Camilla Henneman's autograph. Camilla was the lead specialty costumer for ILMM uh, and helped to create the costumes for Slimer, the Scolari brothers. Uh, she designed the uh, fat suit that was uh, used in the music video for Weird Al. So there's a, a quick callback to Weird Al, just coincidentally. Um, gorilla suits for Harry and the Hendersons, gorillas for gorillas for gorillas in the mist, uh, a whole bunch of stuff, or rather monster suits for Harry and the Hendersons. I guess it would make no sense for them to be gorilla suits for Harry and the Hendersons because. There were no gorillas in that movie, uh, but, you know, this is a, a 
a creator who worked with Jim Henson's Creature Shop and worked on a lot of things other than just Ghostbusters, but certainly had a hand in creating some of the most iconic moments of ghosts appearing on screen for Ghostbusters 2. So definitely somebody whose autograph you want to get if you're running Ghostbusters 2 projects. And also they're having a signing coming up with Hank Mayo, who was one of the concept artists on Ghostbusters 2. He helped to design Slimer, Vigo, the Scolari Brothers, the Terror Tub, the Theater Ghost, um, the haunted mink coat that runs down the street um, and jumps off that lady's back. And a lot of his artwork was actually part of the uh, art that was inside the Tops Ghostbusters 2 card set. So you may have actually seen, like if you look at the cartoon drawings of the Scolari Brothers that exist in that art set, uh, there's stickers of them, etc., those are actually Hank Mayo's work. So uh, those are three new signings that they have announced as of the last week because those boys are busy. And then additionally, they have open signings currently with Steve Johnson and Robin Shelby, who if you don't know who those people are, Steve Johnson sculpted the original Slimer and Robin Shelby played Slimer in Ghostbusters 2. So uh, there's like four different options or two different, three different options there for Ghostbusters 2 folks that you can get you know autographs with right now you can do a slimer project if you wanted to and get steve johnson and robin shelby done on something at the same time really easily right now uh if you want to find out more about that you can go to the containment unit we collect ghostbusters autographs group on facebook uh you can probably also reach out to them with questions at ghostbusters autographs at gmail.com uh but that's a, that's something that you know they're going to continue to hopefully be getting more and more of these signings I just literally got uh, my Jim Fi uh, autographs. I don't have them back in hand yet, but the minute they were done, Tom took photos of the stuff that he has in hand and sent it back to me to show me what I'm getting and what my signatures look like. Um, and I'm thrilled. It's awesome. It's so cool to be sort of like able to put together, uh, you know, a collection of autographs, put them all in a book together, but also to fill gaps on things that like, I, I, when am I ever going to be able to, I mean, just like I'm probably never going to sit like right in front of Weird Al again for three hours. <laughs> the chances that I'm going to like have an opportunity to meet somebody like John Bruno or, uh, you know, Hank Mayo or even Steve. I don't even know when I'll see Steve Johnson again. That's somebody who I saw at Ghostbusters Fan Fest, but I don't know that I'll ever see him at a convention anytime soon. Uh, so these are really cool opportunities. If you're an autograph collector out there, uh, I don't want to sort of run through all the prices and make this a very long coverage in that sense because it's a lot of details. But go over to the uh, Facebook group for, uh, you know, the containment unit. Take a look at what they're offering. And I believe they even have some new podcast episodes out where they may have an interview with Jim Fi uh, that you can check out. So I'm not sure if that's out yet. It might be. But if it is, go check it out. If It's not. It's coming because they teased it. Um, so <laughs> that's something to know about. Beyond the discussion of merch, we are going to talk about media in a minute because we have a lot of Ghostbuster Spirits Unleashed stuff to talk about. But I want to let you know about a uh, couple of just quick community news things to be aware of. The first thing is a big congratulations to all of you who helped to uh, generate $40,187 for Starlight Foundation, uh, especially to those of you in the Extraplasm audience who contributed to our portion of that fundraiser, where we raised about $835 directly from the podcast audience. Uh, you all were amazingly generous and I'm so grateful to you for this. If you don't recall this, this was the thing we did back in December where uh, we, there was an RC trap you could win if you donated to Starlight. There was uh, some autographs that you could win. There was an ectoplasm lab. 
all of it went to the, to the good homes that it went to. <laughs> but the point is that that fundraiser was originally slated, you know, it kind of started out as just money was being given to starlight by LA ghostbusters from raffles they were doing at conventions. And it turned into a big campaign that had the ability to put literal proton pack uniforms on kids backs. Uh, and so as a result of that campaign, what it is going towards is development of a print gown for kids where they're able to put on a gown that looks like a Ghostbusters flight suit when they're in the hospital. So when they're in, they're going to go in for a surgery. Uh, they know that they're going to be in for something that's really traumatic and scary. They're going to be there for several days. They're going to be separated from their families. They are afraid of what's going to happen. There's this little piece where they can choose you know, what do they want to dress as a Jedi or something, you know, whatever is available to them at this point, Ghostbusters will be one of those options and we're going to help to fight, you know, fear, um, keep shoves and zools away <laughs> um, from hospital beds of kids. We're trying to recover uh, thanks to the power of, you know, play that Starlight provides and also thanks to sort of the power of Ghostbusters fandom. So $40,187 is the final total of what was donated. I mean, you can still always donate money to Starlight. It's not like you can't, but the campaign was a success. Its goal was $40,000 and it was exceeded. A big shout out here goes out to the LA Ghostbusters for starting this. Uh, I know that the folks there don't like to take credit for this being their campaign because they felt it was such a huge group effort and it was, but if they hadn't gotten the ball running on this and made the connections that they made early on, uh, this may not have ever happened. So Good on those folks. Good on all of you uh, who contributed. And thank you so much for being such an amazing group of people uh, who helped to generate such great, just goodwill um, for, for kids out there in the world. On a different note, the Buffalo Ghostbusters, you're going to hear about this a little in a little bit when Dan Lyberg is on the show as our guest this week. They have one week left from, I think, from the date that I'm literally talking to you about this. Uh, on, on episode release date to get patches from them that support hook and ladder eight. Uh, those patches are available as a sort of two patch set where you get two patches that look like Ghostbusters thermal mugs. <laughs> These are really cool looking. I think they're really cute. Um, and they have the Ghostbusters two logo on them, but they have the logo with the bandage on it to commemorate the fixing of the Ghostbusters two sign that they had. Um, all worked on, you know, sort of the ghost Buffalo Ghostbusters help to get a new sign. You'll hear all about this as a whole. Let me, why am I spoiling this on Dan? Um, he's going to tell you about this in a few minutes. But the reason I put it here is that sometimes people listen to podcasts and fits and, and starts. And you may want to know that you have about a week to jump in and get those patches. If you do, it all goes the proceeds towards hook and ladder eight. So it's helping out the New York Fire Department. Uh, it's also directly benefiting the firefighters who work in the firehouse there at hook and ladder eight. So it'll be money that goes to help provide resources for them uh, and their living situation there in the firehouse uh, and work, you know, to help support them and quality of life and whatnot. Again, Dan's going to talk about this, uh, but tune in, listen to more about this in a bit. But I wanted to make sure that you knew that this is something that will end like the ability to get those patches in about a week. Uh, so if you're interested in that, you should probably act sooner than later head over to the Buffalo Ghostbusters Facebook page or Instagram page for details on how to do that. Okay, so let's talk then about the media story, uh, the big news. So like what is if it wasn't enough that I put out a podcast last week and within hours there was a new proton pack and I went, what the what? Uh, there was also 
a brand new update for Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed. Um, this is something I'm going to talk about and say that for a while I had not been talking about Spirits Unleashed because I find it frustrating at times, especially the lack of updates. It's one of the things that really drives me somewhat crazy is that there's a real lack of ability to uh, you know, fix things that are broken. And they were broken for quite a while. I'm happy to report that a lot of things in Spirits Unleashed that were broken in the last patch, specifically the matchmaking glitch that I have been crying about for quite a while because two, three ghosts would spawn at a time. I have yet to run into it uh, since we have moved to the new patch. So if that's really fixed, we'll see. It wasn't in the patch notes, so it's who knows. <laughs> but if you if you re- review all the things that are fixed, fixed in the patch notes, that's not on the list. Uh, but other things are. But there are some awesome new features that I have to say. It's been really fun to play around with this. I, I jumped back into Spirits Unleashed and really had a lot of fun with it in the last few days. Uh, there's a new level. The new level is a courthouse complex level, which I when they showed teaser pictures of it, I got really excited. And the first time I got in the level, I got even more excited because there's so much fun stuff to haunt in the level. Um, there's all these different courtrooms. I think there's three different courtrooms. There's like a jury deliberation room. There's a jury recruitment area. There's judges offices. I mean, it's just, I'll say this. I felt like the facility level they did in the last DLC was kind of cheap. It kind of just felt like a lot of uh, empty rooms with a few medical things thrown in them and didn't have theming that I found all that interesting. And I just I don't know. I just didn't really jive on it. And the layout of it just really felt like a lot of squares on ta- stacked on top of squares. Didn't find it that interesting to play. But this level is fun. I mean, I really enjoy playing it. There's a whole bunch of stairs that go up and down in like little winding fashion um, that, you know, all these little passageways connect between all the courtrooms and hallways in strange ways. And there's multiple ways to get where you want to go. Uh, and so it's a really fun level. If you haven't gotten into Spirits Unleashed yet, go check it out. But the other reason to do so is because there's a whole new ghost class. So you have Muncher in the last downloadable content package that they did back in uh, February. This time you're getting a new uh, classification of ghosts called the Possessor. One of these, the first default form of it, is the Sentinel Terror Dog from Ghostbusters Afterlife. But it also then can be, you know, you can take any of these ghost classifications and choose to be one of three different skins. And each of the skins in a ghost actually has a couple different features. They have different uh, attacks. So the terror dog version of this, uh, I would argue, is from my perspective, the least strong is the least offensive uh, and has to be played the most defensively because it doesn't have great attack skills. But the other version of this called a scuttle. Um, it's like throws tornadoes at people. Um, so it not only possesses objects and, uh, possesses people, which is one of sort of the new gimmicks you can do in the game is to possess a person, including a ghostbuster and then walk around when they can't find you. Cause you're now a possessed human being. Um, <laughs> there's the ability to chuck twisters at folks, which is also great. Um, they, I really have to say it's a lot of fun to watch it, like tornadoes bounce around off the walls and knock the ghostbusters over so um the new ghost class is really cool i i will say i've had a couple glitches where as while playing as the new ghost the game's crashed but hopefully we'll get a quality of life update that'll fix a couple of those things but it's been pretty rare i've actually seen some pretty decent stability um since we got into the new patch so i'm kind of happy about that there's also a new thing called drudges uh drudges are like 
kind of like minions in the game, except that you don't control them. They spawn from the rifts when the rifts are open and they attack the Ghostbusters. Uh, they seem to be kind of weak right now. I don't think they do all that much other than drive the haunt up around the building. But it's kind of cool that as you know, some of us have been kind of saying that the gameplay got really stale in the sense that the Ghostbusters would go and try and bust a rift. The ghost would try and get the rift. Then it would be like four Ghostbusters against the ghost getting the rift. And, you know, after a while, it becomes predict predictable and people figure out the ways to kind of skirt around different things, different hazards to get to the rift and leave with it. Um, now it's more of a fighting chance for the ghost in some ways because there's these new ghosts, like mini ghosts that come out of the rift while it's being attacked. So that's kind of cool. So if you've uh, been playing Ghostbuster Spirits Unleashed and you've been like, man, I'm really sick of the same gameplay, they are starting to change it up and add some new things in there. There's a new form of minion called the trap minion that you can just like leave inside of an object and somebody walks up to that object that jumps out and snaps on top of their head and slimes them and <laughs> tries to choke them out, which is kind of crazy. It's almost like a, uh, something from Aliens, right? But um, that's kind of neat. There's new shells uh, for all the equipment. So if you want to make your equipment look like you're an extreme Ghostbusters, you can do that. Um, so now you can play literally as the Ghostbusters, the real Ghostbusters or the extreme Ghostbusters in terms of your equipment loadout. And there's new costume designs that have been put into the game, including uh, what I have to say. One of these that was my favorite thing was that there's now makeup in the game. <laughs> you can put makeup on and uh, wear it. The reason I'm excited about this when you're like, Jim, didn't know you were a big makeup wearer. Were you getting into the Maybelline uh, from the firehouse last week? No, uh, <laughs> the reality is that um, I have redressed my avatar in that game to look a lot like the Joker uh, <laughs> from Batman. And one of the new um, makeup default styles is called Creepy Carnival Clown. <laughs> um, and it really fits quite well for <laughs> for making a Joker character. So I have to say, I never thought I needed makeup in this game, but it works. There's also skirts and kilts now. So if you were uh, felt like you were kind of limited by the fact that you can only wear pants in the game, that's no longer the case. And there's uniforms that are inspired by Kenner action figures from the 90s, which is kind of crazy to me. The Power Pack Heroes uniforms are actually in the game as a pattern that you can wear uh, while donning a Ghostbusters uniform. So um, it's, it's kind of fun to watch what the Spirits Unleashed team gets into the game, you know, what gets done. I was hoping we were going to see more seasonal stuff, like we would see a holiday release of stuff back in ja in December, because we did get one for Halloween, and then we didn't get one after that. It kind of just went away, but if they lean deeply into finding us, like, deep cuts, uh, you know, if going and finding us obscure things to put in the game or... Um, you know, just things like the, the, the Kenner action figures to get those in the game in some way. I can't fault them. You know, I mean, to me, that's kind of more enjoyable than just cashing in a couple week um, event in some holiday. So I love it. It's kind of awesome. There's also a new tenure level. So if you are one of the folks who's tenured in this game and enjoys doing that in games where you give up all your equipment and then work back through it again to get some cosmetic update that says you are cooler than I am. Um, cause I'm not going to do that. You can get a hazmat suit and a gold proton pack. And the thing that's been announced since then is that necro bash skins, meaning, um, if you may recall this, they were necroplast skins that came out with the last DLC. They were like sort of glowing lava looking skins for the ectoplast ghost. Now there's the same thing, but for the basher ghost, 
So you may see more Necrobash skins uh, available, I guess, for uh, twi- via Twitch drop next week, or rather this week when the podcast is coming out. Uh, so something to be aware of. Just know that if you're into this, if you like picking up the stuff in this game and you play it a lot, you may want to be hopping on Twitch this week to go find who's streaming to uh, get Twitch drops of those skins. It's probably not something I'm going to do. I'll be honest. I don't really do Twitch. Uh, it's not really my thing. But, you know, for those who are into it, to each their own. The one downside of this, I will say, is that it probably means that a whole bunch of people are going to get those skins and then play as Basher. And I hate Basher. He is just like the worst. <laughs> it's like he's it's like a ghost that if somebody decided to give him like, I don't know, a tire iron and uh, a tank top and send them out into somewhere in the Bronx and just let him beat people up. <laughs> I don't really get it, but um, it's a weird ghost. It's the most violent ghost I think I've ever seen. And it just beats the living hell out of everybody and makes lots of noise. But hey, that's the reason to bust it, I guess. Um, so yeah, I think that about covers our headlines for this week. I think that kind of covers the basis on what's gone on. And uh, there's a lot more. I'm a po- I'm positive. This is only the beginning. I said it last week that, you know, we'll have short news week, but things are going to be coming. And the next thing you know, you got full size proton packs, whole new sets of downloadable content. And uh, we, we're not even at a, a trailer, a teaser trailer. Um, what I'm like, what I want to throw things out there now and be like, what don't we have this week that maybe next week we'll just we'll suddenly have or maybe 12 hours after the podcast comes out. Who knows? <laughs> but um since we got our headlines done, let's go now to our conversation uh, with uh, Dan Lieberg from G- Buffalo Ghostbusters and find out a little bit more about what's going to be coming up in the future, because this is one more thing from the future that's really going to be cool uh, for Ghostbusters Day 2023. Joining me on Extra Plasm Podcast for the first time and closing a big, long, interactive, conversational loop, which I'm so excited about, is Dan Lieberg of the Buffalo Ghostbusters. Dan, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming. Um, I was sort of joking about this like right before we started, and I just sort of, sort of said this, that like we're closing an odd conversational loop because I have like personal, almost family photos that have been sent to me over the years that you are in. Like I have a friend who I've like I've known since high school and I, you know, there's a kind of person who I would get, you know, drunk somewhere uh, in high school as teenagers when you're not supposed to be like off in the woods in the Northeast as kids who grew up like in a suburb in the Northeast. And you're like, yeah, take a bullet for you, bro. Like it's that kind of friend. Right. right? Okay. And, he, and like, that's, that's my friend who was like, dude, my kid's really into Ghostbusters. You know, what, what do I do? I know you're really into Ghostbusters. And I was like, Hey, you got to go out to like one of these events that the Buffalo Ghostbusters are. And the next thing I know, like I, I have like a collection of photos over this child's years, like as he grows, you watch him grow and me just get fatter. <laughs> it's like I had to watch you age. Yes, like, I don't know if you get fatter, but you, you we all grow together, right? Yes. It's kind yeah, of funny, of course. <laughs> but but it's kind of hilarious to me. Like I became a thing where I would go, "Hey, you would post that you were going to be somewhere," and I'm like, "Dude, Buffalo's going to be somewhere." And then you would post the photos, and then he would post the photos, and I'm like, "This is so strange. Like I don't actually ever get to be part of this interaction." But I'm this strange, like three thousand mile, like removed third wheel of like <laughs> Ghostbusters, <laughs> like fulfillment. And at the same time, I was mailing him like during the pandemic. I would find the toys because you know everybody was like looking for toys in the pandemic, but they also were out about doing stuff. So I was finding the toys and like mailing them to him. So it was like this 
like strange. Like I felt like I had this odd like connection to Buffalo and Ghostbusters fandom and like making sure that people got what they needed by connecting them to you. So I'm so excited to talk to you because yeah, like we've always had, we've had dynamic, we've kind of had like conversations online. We've like engaged dynamically and back and forth at different points, but like we, I, we've never talked one-on-one and I'm For like, sure, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but I'm stoked to talk with you too, because uh, one of the key things about, you know, you and the Buffalo Ghostbusters is that you all have been working so hard over the years to create a meaningful connection with Hook and Ladder 8. Uh, yes. And to sort of created like an annual recurring Ghostbusters Day event that goes on there that, I mean, I would say this, right? Like, I'm not, this is not to put down on Sony. Like, Sony, Sony, don't get mad at me. Don't get mad at Dan. But like, <laughs> people go, what's going on for Ghostbusters Day? Is Sony doing anything? I don't know. But here's what's going on at Hook and Ladder 8, because there's an amazing Ghostbusters carnival coming your way. <laughs> I mean, yeah. No, I can't even believe the way this whole thing started and now what it is. like. It, it's it's ridiculous it really is at the end of the day like i sit here i'm like oh yeah we tried to start a gofundme and raise a thousand dollars and yeah now we're running an annual almost ghostbusters convention carnival whatever you want to call it <laughs> but like it's it's incredible and you know it's it's awesome i love it being is, a part of it i conceptualize it as almost like a ghostbusters street carnival Right. It's it like, really, yeah, that, it really kind of is. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, it's like the, what is the, the thing? I can't remember the name of it now. It's going to like lose. It's completely left my mind. But in the Godfather or the Godfather part two, there's like the big Italian festival that happens in Brooklyn that, uh, like it still goes on for hundreds of years. It's the Feast of San Gennaro, right? It still happens like every year. As big of a cinephile as I am, I've never seen the Godfather. So. Oh my God. That's <laughs> terrible. You have to fix that. I hole. Know. <laughs> but the feet, but the say the Feast of San, San Gennaro is like a good example of like a thing that happens in Brooklyn where it's like they take an entire street and they close it off and it's like here's a celebration of Italian heritage and yeah, like we're going to bring go. out the sausage and peppers and there's going to be Zeppelis and there's going to be like people doing like dances and music played and instead it's like that except it's about Ghostbusters and the firehouse and firehouse so um we're gonna talk about that for sure i because yeah. i think that, you know that's the big thing that i think you are getting done out there that's so amazing and that has grown so much but before we get into it i mean i kind of want to find out from you a bit like how did you get started like how did buffalo ghostbusters get its start um how did it come together so i actually love my story for this because i didn't start the buffalo ghostbusters um they existed when i moved here uh and i just literally stumbled upon them Um, there was an awesome or is an awesome, uh, old movie theater called the North park theater here. And one Halloween, they were showing ghostbusters. I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm going to go see it like five bucks. I'll throw on my uniform and I walk into the lobby and there's other people in uniform. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, my college years. And then after I was at Penn state. Gotcha. And I work. I worked for the university there, so I was, you know, Central PA. And there is a team there now. Um, I don't know if they're based right out of State College. I know some of them might be close to there, um, but there was nothing like that when I was there. So I never. Growing up, I was always very involved online in the Ghostbusters mm-hmm. fandom. Um, you know, with Ghostbusters HQ, Ghostbusters.net. I was always all over the forums, constantly talking to people and building friendships. But I never had a group to hang out with locally. Um, 
And so I walk in, I'm like, Oh my gosh, like here's these guys. And it really just took off from there and joined immediately group continued to grow. And we've, you know, really gathered some fantastic people. You know, it's a great team to be a part of, which is, um, I don't think you get to do something like Ghostbusters day, the whole carnival that we put on. <laughs> you, you don't get that without a great team of people yeah, working agreed. together. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I I think that's and that is like a key thing I think about a really successful franchise is like that there has to be a good, you know, support. Not that I know anything about running a franchise. I'm not running <laughs> anything, I just hang out with a lot of them. So I'm like, here are the people who I know and here's what they get done. And here's the people who are really successful at it. And like, I, right. you know, I, I throw shout outs to the L.A. Ghostbusters all the time because, you know, they they're similarly. They kind of had this like, we're going to start out supporting Starlight and Dude, we're going to like do this little amazing. They did you know, so they, great yeah, with that. It's so cool. Right. Like, and it's like that started out as like, hey, let's like gener- let's have a raffle at our conventions and have a QR code that gets scanned and goes to Starlight. And like their story is literally like they made donations and it said they were from the Ghostbusters. And somebody at Starlight was like, why are we getting donations from the Ghostbusters? Like, what is so they reached out to them and were like, why? What is this? Why are Ghostbusters donating things to us? We're not sure. But like, yeah, so but that's cool because it's like you kind of stumbled into a group that's there. And from there, it's continued to grow and evolve. How long have you been involved with with Buffalo Ghostbusters at this point? Um, Nine years. I think okay. I, I think I started in either 13 or 14. I always forget. I think it was 14, October of 14. So eight years right now. Gotcha. Right on. Yeah. So there's a solid repertoire of, uh, of, of people and experiences. And I don't even think I'm using that word, right? I'm, just trying to smart. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, hi, I teach classes and I'm an academic <laughs> theoretically. So I'll use a word like repertoire today. I mean, it sounds you? good. Yeah. Uh, anyway, well, I think it's amazing what you've started to do. And I like just I guess this is a good thing to sort of do to familiarize people who might not know this. I feel like people who listen to this podcast probably do. But at this point, like what is the Ghostbusters Day event? Like before we get into how it got built, I should probably set up the like what it is at this point. So what happens? On, what's ha- you know, what takes place at Ghostbusters Day at the firehouse at this point? So, I mean, um, Typically, you know, it's it's a big meetup of fans um, from around the world. The first year we, we were still coming out of COVID, so I don't don't really know what the farthest someone traveled was for that one. I know yeah. last year there were, I believe, some people from Mexico, um, and then I know this year we have people coming from Australia, um, which is insane to me that people are coming to an event around the, <laughs> halfway around the world. Um, but yeah, it's a big fan meetup, you know, it's a great time. I know some fans can be shy about, uh, you know, approaching the firehouse to take their pictures or whatever, cause it is a working firehouse. I mean, yeah, of course you don't, don't want to bother them. You're like, hi, I'm a Ghostbusters nerd. Can I take my picture? <laughs> like, right. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a nice open house event for them where fans can, you know, feel free to take all the pictures they want. We have ecto replicas come in and all that. So that's always great. Um, but yeah, it, you know, it's, we, we try to, at this point, we try to do it not necessarily on Ghostbusters day. Uh, right. we always just try to go to the like nearest Saturday, um, mm-hmm. so that more fans can attend because like this sure. year, go Ghostbusters day is actually Thursday. And I don't think everybody's taking off work and going around 
halfway around the world to go to. Well, plus you have to you have to negotiate with all the fires in New York City to to not burn that day. Right? Of course, so. yeah. You know, with that, and getting that union together and being like, listen, no fires today. <laughs> Um, I, I, folks who listen to this podcast regularly know this, that I have a secret confession that even though I was born and raised in New York, I spent, you know, my life there until I was almost 30. Um, somehow I never managed to go to the firehouse. I had that. It's a working. Yeah. I had that. It's a working firehouse mentality. Yeah. Right. So it was like, I would drive past it and I was working like as an IT technician at a certain point in my life and commuting in and out of Jersey, like into the financial sector and down into Tribeca. And I would get (laughs) caught in traffic and be like, Oh look, there it is down the street. Like, but I never felt, especially at that point, because it was like pre-2016 is before movies. So we're like, you know, there's nothing that's gone on there, Ghostbusters wise, for many years. Right. Um, so then you feel you even know. nerdier. You're like, hey, I want right, to right, talk right. about this movie from 1989. <laughs> yeah. And and so like, just what do you drive up there, park your car, get out on a random Thursday when you happen to be done fixing somebody's hard drive? Like, right. hey, how's it going, guys? You got a few minutes to chat. Um, <laughs> what, do you, what do you say? So it's just like I never... I just never got out and stopped. And now I'm like, I live 3000 miles away. And I'm like, you have to literally make a pilgrimage yep. to go back to a place that you could have just went to. When, <laughs> <laughs> like, you're a but you got to do it though. You? you have to see it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to have to, especially now that you, that you gave them a fantastic sign. Oh, uh, that thing the is sign, so gorgeous. The sign makes the house. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, I certainly, I hope that it, at least makes some fans a bit more comfortable because they see that they know the house has embraced it at least right. enough that it's out there every day. So, you know, it is, it's, you're not, you don't have to start the conversation out of nowhere. It's obvious. Yeah. It's the Ghostbusters house. I want to take some pictures, all that. Well, and it's even to the point now where like at, a, at an accessible fan level, like there's an Instagram account, as yes. I understand it, right? Official Ghostbusters HQ is yep. like run by a, a staff member of the firehouse whose name I have to say at the moment has escaped me. I don't remember. Nick. Like, no, I don't. That's Nick. yeah. That's my guy that I coordinate everything with. So gotcha. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, that's the funny part to me is it's like years ago, you probably could have walked up and be like, hi, do you know you work inside the Ghostbusters firehouse? Right. And somebody would be like, yes, we know. <laughs> We've heard we, we do this all day long. Now there's actually somebody there who's like, yes, we do. You want to talk about it? <laughs> it's just yes. kind of like, it's kind of funny. They've got a good relationship and sort of almost created like a public information officer for fandom, which I think is so brilliant. I don't you know, yeah. I don't know if that's really his position, but <laughs> it's not unofficially, though. <laughs> so but, but I mean, you know, you know he's told me about how uh, like various tour buses, like multiple tour buses stop there every day now. Um, and you know, talk about this Ghostbusters firehouse and all that. Yeah. It's so funny. I mean, that's, it's like, I, there's so many locations like that in New York, you know, like you can take a whole day and just go places where something happened. Totally. Yeah. And I think that's like when you live there, it becomes very easy for you to be like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Cause it's so commonplace. It's like, "Ah, I'll check it out. You know, tomorrow. I don't need to go out of my way right now. Hey, but I grew and I, I grew up on Long Island. I lived in like for a couple of years. I lived in Jersey on the other side of the, you know, the, the bridge, like in the tunnels okay. uh, after college. So it's like I always grew up on the suburbs around, you know, on opposite sides. And then I lived upstate at a certain point, like not but not really because you live real upstate. I lived in Poughkeepsie, which is like we live not west, really upstate. Western. Yeah, you live up. You live uh, west upstate. upstate. West. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah, so, you have a whole yeah. you're you're across the line where people start asking questions about whether or not it's soda or if it's pop. Oh and yeah, like and I've had that <laughs> argument plenty of times. <laughs> that ordering garbage plates is standard, right? Uh, those of you out there who don't know what a garbage plate is, it's like it's a, basically a pile of food. It's just yeah. like here's a pizza with French fries on top of it and burgers on top, hamburger of it. meats, and pretty much anything you want. <laughs> anything you want. <laughs> Just all pile on top of each other and you eat it and it's total garbage, but it's delicious. Um, hence the name. <laughs> hence the name. Um, and of course, you all, you know, you you have you are the namesake of wings. Obviously, your franchise invented Buffalo Wings. Everybody should know that. Of course. Yes, that um, was us. Yeah, yes. that's, what it is. that's how that's how old your franchise actually is. Your real lineage it goes all the way back to Buffalo Wings. Yep. Um, they were the result of a reanimated chicken corpse. That, uh <laughs> Fell into a vat of hot sauce and it changed the world forever. It really did, man. You know, there's a plaque and everything on the side of the anchor bar. <laughs> I look. I'm going to offer this as a service. I'm just going to start writing people's fake canon for their uh, their Ghostbusters franchise. I like started. it. You know, many of them are going to rip off from a Batman movie and things are going to fall in a vat and then they. Will anyway. It works. Let me just get back to talking about you, you though, and not my program plans for how I'm going to rewrite franchise <laughs> histories. Um, once I change the timelines for Ghostbusters fandom, I, whatever. Um, well, I, so th- at this point, Ghostbusters day has become this big, like event that people will come from a worldwide thing. Right. I mean, that's, yeah. that's so cool because it's something that is like a, it's like a giant celebration, right? Like it's people are bringing ectos out from different environments and, like different environments. They were a submarine ectos. Marine Ecto one is Marine Ecto hey, eight. You is know there. what? At this point, uh, there probably is one out there. <laughs> There's a quadcopter. Uh, <laughs> somebody's making the replica of the thing from the Hollow Gate VR. That's gonna be there. There you go. But uh, what did it start out as? You sort of said it started out originally as a GoFundMe. Yeah. So um, you know the the firehouse. I think most people know this, but the firehouse has half of the original Ghostbusters 2 sign. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, a 30-year-old piece of plastic at this point. Mm-hmm. And they used to put it out on Halloween. I don't know if they put it out on Ghostbusters Day. Um, but, you know, moving it around back and forth and during uh, renovations, it got damaged. The, right. the fingers broke. So, um, you know, one of our guys, Brent, who uh, is actually part of both Buffalo and Arizona. He had moved here for a while. He's now since moved back to Arizona. Um, He kind of had this idea of like, Hey, has anybody ever like bought them a new sign or, you know, tried to fix that sign or what if we did a GoFundMe? And (laughs) it was just like, Hey, you know what? It's, It's the middle of the pandemic. Why not? Like, Fans, nothing else to do. Yep. Fans need something. Let's <laughs> let's see what we can do. So we were like, all right, the Hollywood collectible sign is a thousand dollars. You know, let's try and buy that. And we put up the GoFundMe. And <laughs> I think we hit it in less than a day. Like it was, it took off right away, and kept going, kept going, kept going. And then it became, all right, well, we have a lot more money than we need for the Hollywood collectible sign, and so. Then it got the attention of Ghost Corps and Sony, and they were like, you don't need to spend any money on that sign. We're going to donate the Hollywood Collectible Sign. Nice. Which was great. Um, and then that led to us talking to a custom sign maker that was recommended 
by Sony. It's, you know, they've hired them in the past for different movie work. It's not the company that made the original sign or anything. Right. Um, and we were able to work with them to get the full size, fully weatherproofed, all that, because the Hollywood collectibles one isn't quite full size mm-hmm. and it is not made to be out in the elements year round and all that. So, um, you know, once we had that for free, we took money and we were able to get the full size sign that's now out there 24 seven. Um, it doesn't hang the way that it did in the movies. Uh, because the the firehouse is a historical landmark, so oh yeah, right. Adding any kind of mounting or anything into mm-hmm. the concrete would require a lot of approvals from oh yeah, you know those from a New York City side. Council on historic yeah. buildings, if not like <laughs> yep, like that's what's so funny is that's what's also true about the LA as much as the LA firehouse is literally in like you know. It's kind of in a demilitarized zone when yep. we talk about how bad of a state it's in. In their process of renovating it, it is also like on the National Re- like Registry of Historic Places because a lot of these old firehouses were built in ways that like things were never built again, but are also right. representative of the time period in which they were built. So, right. yeah, that's true. Like they, making that adjustment to the firehouse probably would have been like, welcome to red tape land. Um, right. Yeah. yeah. So, um my hope is that in Firehouse, they will hang it the way it's hung now so that we can just yeah. call it canon and be like, all right, there, we're done. Like, <laughs> we don't need to try to work with the historical society to hang it the right way. We can. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, it would be it would be kind of awesome if like your sign is the canon sign like this. Sony doesn't even bring one. They're like, well, there's one there. What's right? We, we like, had a well, sign holder make one. one. So it was already like, there. We, I have to say Here's a public disclosure where people have to actually own up to their own words and say things. When you did that, I was one of those people who went, why are you buying a sign that's not made for outside and it's not oh, big yeah. enough? <laughs> and we, you and I went back and forth in comment thread and I was like, why are you doing this? It just seems like, and then you completely made me look like a dumbass. Uh, so congratulations because my, uh, you know, sense of sort of being critical about something before I had a podcast and became a better person. Um, definitely uh, was, you know, I was not trying to naysay. I was like, what's no, happening sure. here? What is going on? Why are we doing what we're doing. I'm on Facebook and I have a perspective. Um, well, but a lot of people <laughs> kind of did that too, especially once the money kept going up and up and up. It was like, well, why are you buying that one? Why don't you get a better one? And at first it was like, well, like there isn't a better one available. Like we'd have to get a custom made one. And then, you know, we ended up raising $8,000 yeah. that first year. Right. It's like, okay, maybe we can get a custom one. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, you all outdid everything you expected to do. And as you did, I sat there and threw my hands in the air and went, I'm wrong. I'm just wrong. Like, there's just, I'm categorically wrong. And part of being a grown up and growing as a person is admitting when you're wrong. And in this case, I am 100% wrong. Uh, congratulations you to you. So Thank and you. I'm glad to be I'm glad to be wrong. Uh, I, sometimes it's so like I love being right. But when those moments when you're wrong and you're happy about it, you're like, yes, oh, yeah. like, I'm, wrong. I'm wrong. But that sign is amazing. <laughs> So that was really cool, right? Like, but it's interesting that it kind of started out as like, hey, we're all sitting at home. We're all like kind of there was so much stuff going on. It's so weird to think about this, how much fan like fan activity happened because people were at home and had the time to engage in this way. And it developed into something now where. Uh, you know, you I, I don't like I don't know if Sony recognizes your Ghostbusters Day event as an official one, but I don't know why they wouldn't. So they've at least <laughs> like 
advertised or I, I shouldn't say advertised. That's the wrong word. They've at least, um, you know, retweeted and yeah. uh, directed people towards it. You know, the first sure. year, um, this is still like such an amazing thing. And I have an awesome video that I made. Um, but there's a tweet from the official Ghostbusters account on Ghostbusters Day of 2021, our first year, the year that we delivered the sign. And it is audio of Ivan Reitman directing people to go watch our live stream when we deliver the sign. <laughs> and uh, it, it's just a really cool thing to yeah. have in our history. I mean, they they have been involved in creating the sign. Obviously, they have partnered to some extent of like, we're here, we're supporting this. We're not like running it the entire event, but we'll help out and promoting it and we'll help, yes. uh, you know, get get a sign in place and things. And so I think it's so great. Like it's one of those another one of the situations where like I think that um, the work you're doing and the kind of ideas you have end up growing and it becomes something where it snowballs, right? It becomes yes. so much more than it was. And it's been a, such a cool ride to sort of watch for you all, uh, you know, just kind of putting it together. So what are some of the things that people can expect for this year's Ghostbusters Day? Um, what are some things you want to let people know about? Um, so let's see. What is ready to be announced? <laughs> um, <clears throat> so we do have the annual patch that this year it's a set. Uh, so the first two years we did the damaged GB2 sign with bandages. Uh, so yes. I should clarify that because some people have asked me, why the mug has a bandaged finger and it's because of it's the whole fundraiser. That's where it all right. started was the GB two sign was damaged. So that's why he has bandaged fingers. Um, so we have the two mugs <clears throat> uh, designed, you know, like the GB two thermal mugs. Um, so that's a patch set. So we have those and uh, pre-orders are closing for that actually in less than a week. April 30th is the last day to order those. Yeah. Um, so get that done if you haven't already, because those are really cool. Uh, absolutely. I, I have seen the digital samples and they're going to be fantastic once they're actually stitched up and delivered. And so once the pre-order closes, we'll place the final order for the patches. We expect that um, we should be able to ship those to everybody before Ghostbusters. So just so everybody knows for that. And those go like the, the proceeds from that are c part of the contribution that you're giving to the fire to FDNY and the firehouse for this year, right? Yes, absolutely. All of the proceeds from that get added into the GoFundMe and, um, you know, all of that goes towards the overall cause. Um, we also have Ecto-1MJ coming back out. Uh, he was a huge hit last year. Beautiful replica, you know, and um, we have Joe Basil who brought the photo booth so people were actually able to get like printed photos last year with the nice. ecto one which was cool you know it's ghostbusters day an ecto one and the firehouse it's pretty cool um ecto one nj is the car that like had to be saved from like he had it done and then it got flooded right that's yes yeah yeah he, it had a lot of damage um is my understanding, but it is, it's fixed up and it's gorgeous. And the car is beautiful. Like I've seen photos. I've never seen it in person, but I've seen photos of his replica, like, and all of his, it's beautiful. It's like, yes, it's pr probably like the closest you're going to get to actually being able to get that. Like, I don't, I don't think the actual car probably looks that good to be honest. Right. With you. <laughs> Especially <laughs> like, since they like intentionally made it look aged and rusted. Now, right. So, and that, well, so, right. That, there's those ones that look aged and rusted. And then there's the one that was the, the OG beloved one that just sits in the California sun being and just punished. Gets beat down. 
<laughs> right. So, yeah. Um, so if you want to see a gorgeous replica of the Ecto-1, that the Ecto-1 NGA, Ecto-1 is really, really beautiful. Absolutely. Uh, sorry. But, and it was, it was like pulled back from the brink. He had it done and then they had this giant, I can't remember which storm it was that flooded was where he Sandy? had the car in New Jersey. It might have been Sandy, but I can't remember if it was that, if it was a nor'easter that flooded um, like the, the the storage place where he had the car and he yeah. had to like rewire, redo all this stuff, but yeah. brought it back, like saved the yeah, car. Yeah, he did. Amazing. <clears throat> so, so. Um, so we have Ecto-1 NJ and then we'll have uh, the NYC Ghostbusters are bringing their 2016 replica, the Ecto NYC. Nice. Um, so we'll have both aspects of the fandom because that's an important part of this. Like this is a welcome positive event for all fans. We don't, you know, it's not, Oh, you know, whatever. There's no, there's no drama. There's no negativity. Right. If you're a fan of some part of ghostbusters, come hang out, enjoy the yep. day, celebrate what you love. That's the whole point. Yep. Um, so that's, that's going to be really fun. Um, obviously, you know, we always have, tons of people wanting to bring their ectos and i get that of course like if you're if you're traveling and you're making the trip you want to get a picture with your ecto in front of the firehouse and all that um so unfortunately i for you know for those who haven't been to the firehouse before it is a very small block yeah it's not yeah. a long street there's not a lot of room and there's no, there's really no on-street parking. The parking that exists is for the firemen, and we're not asking them to give up their parking space. Part, part of why I never stopped, yeah. <laughs> which is drive by and wave. Exactly. <laughs> um, so we are going to do a contest this year, uh, which also the entries have to be in by April 30th for that as well. And then we'll put all of the photos of the submissions up on our Facebook page, and we'll do a like contest. The three with the most likes will get a parking pass. Everybody else will not be able to park during the event. Throughout the weekend, you're encouraged to go get your photo. Like, again, we know everybody wants their photo. We're not trying to stop anybody from doing that. But if we have 25 Ectos show up trying to park on the street during the event, you know, they are a working firehouse, even during right. the event. If there's an emergency, they have to go. So, we can't have it be too overcrowded. So this is right. just, you know, and we'll see how this works. This is something new we're trying this year because we have so many people requesting to bring their Ectos. We'll see how it works so far. You know, it's been well received. Um, and if it works, we'll continue to do this in future years um, and let people vote. And we'll figure out, you know, fair ways right. of not always having the same ones win or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> um, you know, cause we, cause we want to try to let everybody have their moment in the sun and bring their, you create a dance off competition. There you go. Um, I like it. <laughs> make it like, make it like over the top. You have to arm wrestle for position. It's a tournament. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you've got the patches. You've got a GoFundMe happening again this year. Also. Yes. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so I guess that's an important aspect of all of this because, you know, we've had the different things that we fundraised for each year. The first year was the sign. The second year was a vending machine for the firehouse. It was just, you know, what do they need? What can we help with? Um, and now this year it is uh, we are raising money to commemorate an FDNY family travel van. Uh, in honor of Lieutenant Vincent Halloran, who is uh, the only member from Hook and Ladder 8 who perished in the 9-11 attack. 
Right. Um, so that's very important. You know, it would be a great thing to be able to contribute to that and, uh, and get that going. So the, all, all of the money for this year is going towards that. The goal right now is $10,000. And if we do happen to get above that, we'll, you know, continue as we have in the past to donate that to the firehouse in the form of, you know, we just purchase whatever they need. You know, we communicate with them. We have very good communication with them clearly right. at yeah, this yeah. point. Yeah, at this uh, point, for sure. So it, it has become uh, very much, you know, an open conversation of, hey, we have this much money left. What can we do for you? Back and forth. And the firemen vote on what they need for the house and stuff like that. That's Funniest awesome. thing, too, is, you know, I have, like you said, they have an Instagram account now and everything. The, my original contact that I made to them to try to start this whole thing was a fax. <laughs> I found their fax number in the FDNY directory and I sent them a fax from my local UPS store. That's so funny. And that's the kind of thing like sending a fax probably actually got attention because it was like, who's sending us a fax? <laughs> Other than like, I mean, east. <laughs> I think of a fax isn't like the only thing that's still not a fax machines is like the local deli might still fax you the, the daily menu. Like that was a New York thing that like yep. delis for years would fax their men- restaurants and just fax their menus, the offices. And you yep. just, you know, you'd come to the fax machine and find that, Oh, there were 17 different menus faxed today of like what the daily specials. Yeah. That's funny. Yep. So I sent him a fax and then I ended up, you know, I had, all, I had the whole idea on there, what we were doing all my contact info. And then, uh, Nick was the guy to give me a call back and went from there. And, you know, it's cool. Like he's actually a buddy now. I, I chat with him about that's funny, random stuff. It's not always <laughs> ghostbusters related. So that's really great though. I think it like became, it started out as what was like, let's see if we could get the sign fixed. And then it became like, let's see how we can support firefighters and their needs. Right. Exactly. Like, and that, that's really cool. Like that. It's not, a hundred percent ghostbusters related it is right. now what can we do to help these firemen you know who have mm-hmm. a very difficult job it's certainly something i would never be brave enough to do i know that so um you know being able to support them and being able to sort of arrange this open house day where fans can all show up and the streets blocked off and you can mill around without worrying about new york drivers screaming at you yeah and take all the photos you want and everything and you know obviously last year we started to bring in some guests from uh people who appeared in the films um so you know obviously we've we've yet to achieve the big names i don't think bill murray's coming this year Um, no (laughs) (laughs) he's you know i i think that he's gonna be there don't worry he's gonna come and he's gonna sign everyone's autograph who wants one absolutely Um, that's very bill murray that happened on one that happened on one day at that firehouse and one day only in life was the day that bill murray came and signed autographs at the firehouse you know what though (laughs) Every, every once in a while, I do get it in my head just for a fleeting moment. I'm like, what if he does find out about this event and just does his Bill Murray thing and just shows up? Yeah. And is just like, Hey, I'm here. (laughs) You have to put, you have to put my Bill Murray trap into action. I don't know if you've heard this, but I have people who listen to this podcast may have heard this before that I have an idea for a Bill Murray trap. Okay. What it is, is you have to stage a wedding near a golf tournament in like (laughs) South Carolina. And then you just like find out where he's staying and just 
throw together a wedding and make sure that it's like it doesn't have to be a real wedding. It just has to look like one. And yes. he will kind of pop into it. Right. Like and he'll just be like, hey, I've arrived at your wedding and I'm doing that Bill Murray at your wedding shtick that he used it's to do. Funny pre-pandemic. That you mentioned that. <laughs> because that's something fans can look forward to this year. There's going to be a wedding. Oh, really? As part of the event, <laughs> there's going to be a wedding this year. Uh, we're still ironing out the final details, but we are going to have a wedding this year. So that's going to be fun. That's crazy. So you'll have a firehouse wedding. This will be yep. a-, a firehouse wedding. C- certainly sounds better than a shotgun wedding. So- I better go. I, I better go propose now to make sure that I'm on the list for that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this is the hottest venue in new york right the, there you uh, go. For, for weddings ghostbusters day at the firehouse yeah. um <laughs> so yeah so we'll have that going on um you know we are actively working to still confirm some guests like like we had last year um you know last year we had joe cirillo and stephen friedland um unfortunately i don't know that this ever got officially announced we were supposed to have John Rothman um, and he tested positive for COVID that morning. So he unfortunately couldn't come. Um, So we're working to confirm some guests. Uh, Don't really have anyone officially like solidly set up just yet. Um, We do have a couple interesting scenarios where people have expressed that they can't attend, but they're going to send some stuff. Gotcha. Um, so we will have some autographs available for people to purchase. Um, can't reveal who just yet. Uh, but what day is this going out? What day is the podcast dropping this week? Um, Monday. Monday. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we will also be announcing on Monday then. So I can, t- I can drop it in the podcast right now. This is the first guest <laughs> announcement for there this year. Uh, the Alessi brothers who sang Saving nice. the Day. Uh, they will be they will be coming out uh, and they'll be performing Saving the Day. So that's awesome. I'm pretty excited about that. That's one of my favorite songs on the soundtrack. Um, they're local to New York City. They I believe yeah, they, they live are. on Long Island. They do. They're Long Island boys. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, so, Island boys. They're going to show there you up. Go. So, I mean, I have Long Island. Out. Strong Island represent. They're coming out. It's going to be amazing. Listen, they're going to come out. Those Alessi boys, they're going to come out and sing the song for everybody. But they might do like a 17-minute version of it like that Ray Parker Jr. guy did at FanFest one year. So, you know, don't be surprised. I'm just saying. I, I You know, just watch out. It might happen. You never know. Oh, that was a long version of Ghostbusters. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're, they've been awesome. Because uh, actually, I reached out to them last year. Uh, but I reached out too late and they were like, you know, it sounds amazing. We're not available for this one. Let's talk about next year. And so I've, cool. been in, I've been in touch with them the whole time. And uh, yeah, so they're, they're very excited. I confirmed with them They're So they are the first guest announcement and it That's is great. an extra pleasant exclusive. That's awesome. I, I love. Yes. Exclusive things. Except it won't be because we're going to also right. announce it on your website. We'll also announce it the same day, but. So it's it's an extra plasm. Yay. Let's just go with that. It's it's maybe, an update. I don't know. Maybe we'll announce it on Tuesday. 
No, so, you're, you're announcing it on Monday. It's fine. Nothing's exclusive. <laughs> I, this is this is it's an extra class. It's an extra plasm inclusive. There See, you go. It's not an exclusive. It's an in- we're included in delivering included. the news along with everyone else. We're not excluding everybody. Anyone. We are not excluded from anything. Everyone is involved in an inclusive fandom where you all find out about things from all formats at the same time. And that's how things are going to go from here on out. Isn't it a dream? That would be ideal. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we are we are the ghost borg uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah but we're we're very excited to have them um that should be a lot of fun um but uh that's yeah, cool so. i have to say i i joke about this regularly that i wish that their song was on spotify um in the instagram searchable things because every week i use a cover of saving the day as like the background music for the Instagram, like posts, but it's like some like rock metal cover and only the first, like, that's the only part of it. Nothing else. (laughs) Right. But like nothing else about it is any good. Cause it's like, as soon as the vocals kick in, they're awful. It's just like, I was like, I can see the danger signs (laughs) coming in from behind. And you're listening. This is awful. I got, nope, can't do this. this This doesn't sound like the eighties. No, it sounds like some like some Swedish rock band tried to cover this and I don't know what it is. So sorry to the person whose uh, music I use every week um, in my Instagram stories. Cover removed from Instagram. I believe that artist's name might be Michael K. And he's like, your name is Jim F. You. And you're kind of- <laughs> sorry uh but yeah no i think that's i think that's great um and for people who don't know this like the alessi brothers literally have an album of just saving the day they put out like on their website years i think it's still available you can buy it for it is just like here's every rendition every cut every version of saving the day we ever produced they even have (laughs) a secondary one now so there is the every version and then there's a secondary cd that's the karaoke version so it's just the music (laughs) So you can get that too. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I imagine that'll be thing that maybe available at Ghostbusters Day. At the yeah, fire. I believe they're bringing some copies. <laughs> so if you had no other reason to go, you need a copy of uh, the Saving the Day. Head get on a down. CD with seven or nine. I forget how many <laughs> versions of Saving the Day on it. Yeah. Yes, and, I bought uh, it. Of course, and, I bought it. Of course, of course. <laughs> and and meet the musicians and uh, you know watch them perform and and yeah, yeah I. It gets cool. I think I honestly, I don't know when I would ever see the Alessi brothers perform saving the day live in my life. I would be so excited. That's my thing. I'm like, you know what? It's one of my favorite songs on the soundtrack. I would never see this song live anywhere else. So let's bring them to Ghostbusters. It's a far more prominent track than, you know, say like the air supply song. um, Yes. It's in the guy's headphones while he's taking the orange thing away. I got in an <laughs> argument with somebody once that was like, because I think it was at one of our events and the soundtrack was playing and they're like, oh, I don't even know why this is on here. This stupid air supply song. It's not even in the movie. I'm like, actually, it is. Yes, it for is. like three <laughs> seconds. And they're like, when? I'm like, when the guy is wheeling and I call it the orange thing, too. I'm like, when the guy is wheeling the orange <laughs> thing out, when they're kicked out of the university. And he's like, no, there's no music playing. I'm like in the guy's headphones as he goes by and you barely hear it. He's like, that doesn't really count. I'm like, it really does. <laughs> I so, just weird sidebar story. I went swimming yesterday. I swim like several times a week and I go to the pool. It's outdoors. Cause I live in California. And so I can, um, and, uh, 
I arrived and Higher and Higher was playing. Oh, like as, nice. I was about, as I was about to jump in the pool and as I jumped in the pool, I was like, splash mommy. It's <laughs> 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 like, all right, this is kind of weird. I'm like literally getting in a body of water as the song from the movie about mood slime that comes out of a bathtub. Yep. This is strange. Um, you check the drains. There was nothing coming up as you were jumping. Yeah. In. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, you know, I'm going to have to shout out to Tony Taylor and tell him he needs to now make a swimming pool version of the terror tub. Like, there you go. <laughs> It's a giant playset. that's just an in-ground swimming pool with tons of slime coming out of it. It'd be amazing. I would love it. So, like, way better than the slime pit. Uh, anyway, so I'll stop fantasizing about stupid toys that don't exist. That I don't have. Uh, so, um, I guess what? Here's a question I'll ask you. What do you think um, has been the most sort of rewarding thing for you, or like, what's the most memorable thing that you think has come so far from your interactions with like being there? on Ghostbusters Day over the last couple of years? It's a good question. Um, on, a, on a very personal note, one of the really cool things was the first year when, I mean, clearly everything from a planning perspective was so hectic. And I, I was just praying that everything went off without a hitch, you know, just no issues, all that. And um one of my lifelong best friends that I don't see very often. Uh, she lives in Hoboken, New Jersey. And at one point I'm running around, you know, trying to do the next thing. Like, what do I have to do on Facebook live? What video do I need to take all this? And my wife was, uh, she was a photographer for us that day. She had a nice camera and was taking all her photos. And I kind of like ran past her and she was like, damn. I'm like, Oh, one second. She's like, I want to show you who's here. I'm like, Hey, what's up? And there was my best friend with her daughter (laughs) that I hadn't yet met. And she was there. Uh, So that was just a really cool personal moment. Um, Yeah, that's awesome, though. But in general, it's honestly my favorite part is uh, just when people say thank you. Like that they're so excited about the event and they're just like, oh, thank you for doing this. Like so much work and everything. And I mean, I'm not going to put it down and say it's not a lot of work. Of course, it's a lot of work. Like, yeah, <laughs> it this doesn't get together like that without a lot of work. Um, but the fact that people are appreciative and that it it means something to people, you know, the the people that are getting married, this is their third year coming to it. They've been to every single one, right. and they started dating shortly after the first one. They came as friends, then they started dating. And now they'll be getting married at the third one. And like, it's really cool that the event means that much. Um, and then obviously, you know, the, the most important aspect I always come back to is helping firefighters, you know, helping the FDNY. Um, and we're sort of the stewards of it, but we're gathering the fans and helping to raise this money and getting to do that and getting to see the numbers that we have raised in two years, you know, $18,000 in the first two years, um, is, is certainly incredible and very fun to see the fans show up in that kind of way. Um, and we always try to make sure that, you know, it's not, Oh, the Buffalo Ghostbusters didn't raise $18,000. No Ghostbusters fans raised $18,000. Like we, We set up the GoFundMe. That takes five minutes. But other than that, we organize the celebration and everything. And it's just cool to see. It's really great yeah. to see how it has evolved again from buying a $1,000 sign to 
you know, now potentially commemorating uh, an FDNY travel family travel van in honor yeah. of a uh, victim of 9-11. That's really the the jump from that to that is pretty incredible. But the way fans have shown up and uh, raised the kind of money that we have has been amazing. So um, it's it's awesome that we're able to shift the focus from Ghostbusters and still connect it with the celebration and with the, um, you know, appearances of celebrities and cars and such that it's, it's a great celebration for fans. But at the end of the day, the whole point is raising money for the FDMY and for hooker hook and ladder eight. And, um, it's been a massive success so far. Yeah, no, I think, I think that like, there's a big reward that kind of comes from watching that, like, when it gets beyond just, Hey, we're doing the thing we're doing to, Hey, we're doing something that's being supported by, you know, a lot of different groups and that are coming together to say that they care about this. Um, and in the case of like a family travel van, just sort of like put it into a context for a minute, what will it get used for? Like how does Uh, it get utilized? My understanding of that is that the family travel van is basically used for, um, to, (laughs) To put it sort of simplistic. traveling families, Travel. <laughs> um, the traveling no. Wilburys will be in it. They're the family and they'll be there. No, I'm kidding. But <laughs> um, it really, it, though, it is for any time a firefighter is injured or, uh, you know, ill or God forbid, terminally ill or any of their family yeah. is it's used to help uh, bring the family to and from where they need to be at various times. Um you know, if they don't have a car or even if they do just to not have to worry about parking, um, things like that. That's my understanding. Gotcha. Cool. It's pretty incredible. Just, I, it's a it's a great thing. Yeah. No, I, I by no means am I like, what's it really for, though? Oh, yeah. They no, just no, using no, it to go you. pick up pizzas. Is yeah. it like a Ninja Turtle van? Do they just <laughs> cruise around in it and hang out and then do karate? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Is it like a when you say family travel van? Is it like a family truckster from National Lampoon? <laughs> does nice. it have a television in it? Um, <laughs> but no, I I think that like resources like that for firefighters, it's hard. I think it's hard for people to remember. Like um, firefighters like that, you know, who are like working in a firehouse where they have a dormitory environment and things like they're 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 away from their families, right? And it's mm-hmm. like they're they're working in an environment where they're away for fam- from family for like for days at a time sometimes. And like, you know, yep. if not for many, many hours and they're responding to emergencies. And I always, I don't know for me, like I realize FDNY is not a fall, not a volunteer group, but right. like, I grew up, but like as a New Yorker, like I out here where I live now, you know, all the fire departments are County based where I grew up and maybe where you grew up, like as a person, like living in the Northeast at different points, like a lot of the fire departments were volunteer based. Right. And it was yeah, just like, absolutely. So, so it was just like, everything was kind of relying upon at a cultural level. Like, yes, there might be like taxpayer money that's being allocated towards different firefighter resources. But in terms of all the amenities of making that a reasonable thing where people can feel like they can be there, where they can be on the fly, ready to go, where they're not driving in and they can make quick responses because they're already on site. It's like a lot of that uh, amenity comes from the community being willing to provide it. So um, I think it's why it's such a cool thing. You know, it's just yeah. like it's about building a good quality of life, you know, for. Yeah, who absolutely. So totally. what do you think, um, you know, given that big reward, the big heartwarming sort of like the thank yous and the like benefit, you know, you provide what's what do you think has been sort of like the biggest challenge in like trying to organize an event of like this magnitude or this reach at this point? So 
my issue personally or challenge <laughs> uh i always want to top the previous year yeah you know so money wise event wise whatever i want better guests i want more money raised for the firehouse i want more fans to attend i you know right. i always want it to be better and the problem is <laughs> with that it has to cap this this type of an event has to cap off at a certain point you know right. there's been fans that have suggested like oh what if we turn it into like a full blown convention that's really not what it's supposed to be about it's not right. about <laughs> like having 30 guests from the movies and doing it in a convention center 2 miles away the idea right. is to do it to raise money for the firehouse and to give fans that comfort day of just being in front of the firehouse if we're mm -hmm. if we're not in front of the firehouse what's the point right. <laughs> like right. that's why we do this right um so you know eventually uh size wise it, it has to have some kind of a cap and i don't know what that's ever going to look like i don't know when that's going to be you know i'm not i'm not saying don't come to it i don't no no <laughs> i know I, I, people, you're no but I get what you're saying, right? Is it's like if it's it is it is a, a a community event, right? And it's one that's oriented towards being a benefit to the firehouse as opposed to being a fan convention. Right? Absolutely. And given yeah. and given space considerations and given that it's a working firehouse that can only be so big. You almost have like I don't want to make this comparison in a, in a negative way. No one should take this the wrong way. But you almost have a Ghostbusters fan fest problem in that like it's a working studio lot, but you also want to run an event. So the event can only be so big and it can only happen in certain places. The difference is, though, that Wizard World is not running yours. So yes. everything will be fine. Like right. if Wizard World was running yours, then people would be like, I want a refund for everything I experienced it was all terrible right. and there'd be no water <laughs> i think, I think <laughs> maybe this is just me but i think i also kind of heard your message there is that sony should hire me to run the next ghostbusters fan yeah i mean you so. know you probably have a better <laughs> shot than wizard world um in terms of logistics and uh, they still exist? Does it, <laughs> oh they still exist they're still okay. out there um some somebody right now is like we're you're off the list we're never going to give you the pr contact to yeah. be involved in the next wizard world sponsored ghostbusters event and i'm like Okay, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be mean. I know you tried, but hey, you made some mistakes. There were there were mistakes made. Own up. <laughs> but no, I mean that. Like to be totally honest, I was at FanFest and I saw those mistakes. And I'm not saying that you know I'm perfect or anything, but I no. I try to learn from some of those things that we saw there and what not to do and things like that in terms of organization for this event. You know, that's why we try to give people more notice this year. You know, last year, people, I, I forget, I think we announced the whole thing at the beginning of April. And a lot of people were like, oh, I need more notice to get off of work or to plan my right. flights or whatever. Yep. Um, and so this year, you know, I think we put out the save the date in January or February. Um, we wanted people to know about it. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you what. One thing I'm pretty excited about is uh, the hotel deal that we worked out this year, because I think it's just going to be like a Ghostbusters fan takeover of this hotel. There's going to be a ton <laughs> of us staying at this hotel. Um, it's in Jersey City, but it's actually like an 11 minute drive to the firehouse because we're right outside yeah. the Holland Tunnel. So it's right, boom, right in. Um, but yeah, I think that's going to be super fun. There's going to be 
there's some other activities that we're going to try to work in too um, throughout the weekend. Uh, not like official, but just sort of letting people know. Um, you know, obviously, officially, I, I forgot to mention, we do have the New York City Ghostbusters doing their guided tour after yeah. the Firehouse event, which I've, n- I've never had the opportunity to go on it, but I've spoken to people who have, and they say it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, getting to see all the different filming locations and the library and Central Park West, Lincoln Square. That, so that's, and they're, Two of the New York City Ghostbusters are official New York City tour guides. Nice. So it's it's like a legit, really good tour. So we're excited. So it's to like have getting them. a docent led tour of <laughs> Ghostbusters locations, there right? you which go. is like that, that's amazing. Like I always pay good money for that, to be quite frank. Right. Um, I, I went on a docent led tour of downtown Los Angeles once. It was just like yeah. my my girlfriend bought us like for my birthday one year, she was like, we're going to go and we're going to eat amazing pastries and we're going to eat. It was a downtown eating tour, right? So okay. it's like a docent led tour of all these different like eateries from downtown LA. And it began around the corner from the Biltmore, right? From like, Oh, the, the, nice. And I was just like, I looked at her and I was like, I'm, we got to go in here. Yeah, well, she's yeah. like, what? And I was like, we're going, we got to go in here. Yeah, she's like, why? It's not on the tour. I was like, you don't understand. Like we have, I'm not walking by the Biltmore. No. And not going inside the Biltmore. So at some point they like ducked into some restaurant and I was like, come on, let's go. (laughs) We don't care about that restaurant. I'm full. Go over here. (laughs) I was like, let's go. I don't care about that. We ate that. That's fine. We'll meet back with those people in five minutes. We got to go get this photo. So, um, yeah, no, I think it would be amazing to go on a tour that was just like, go to the New York public library, go to, you know, like go to all these different places, go to was Washington square or Columbus circle, right? Like that's one of the places you probably end up. So it's like, there's so many places to go. Um, and you can do it like as a, like a, a ride down the subway, like as a trip yeah. where you like, yeah. from one and, of the island to the other. it's nice so. to have people leading you. Cause I've, yeah, I've been around New York city and just like sort of done my own self-led walking tour, trying to like find stuff. And even sometimes you're just like walking and you're like, okay, it should be here. And you're like, I don't <laughs> see it. And it's like right behind you. You're just like, oh, okay, what? Oh, that corner, not that corner. All right. <laughs> yeah. And in that moment, when you look at your phone and look up and look at your surroundings, everyone who's from New York looks at you and goes, tourist. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so it's very like, hmm, I feel like I should know where I'm going right now because yep. everybody else does. <laughs> so it's always nice to go. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. When you have a a nice lead tour in a context like that where people who walk the streets every day know exactly what's going on. And who can also kind of like lay the context of the neighborhood out, you know, that's yeah. like something that's very cool. So, and I think, um, um as another couple things that are probably going to be happening that weekend, I think, uh, the Friday night, there's a minor league baseball game that's having an eighties night. Nice. Uh, so, and I believe the New York city ghostbusters are attending that. So that may be something to organize a group outing for. Right. I don't, I don't know when everybody obviously is getting into town. Um, and there's also a VR site that we've been talking to, uh, in Jersey city that is expecting to have the new Holligate game. Gotcha. So if people haven't had a chance to try that yet, we could do a little group outing to that. Maybe one of maybe on Saturday night or something. Um, or, you know, again, it's just stuff that people can do on their own time. Sure. Uh, we're just going to try to put together some ideas for people to do while they're in New York city. Not that there's not anything to do in New York city. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> there's plenty no, of there's, stuff. I don't need no, to plan tons. people's weekends. <laughs> no, you're, you're right. But like what I think is kind of interesting and like, this is just to offer some like 
some criticism. Like this is not, I don't mean criticism, I mean commentary. Uh, I think it's cool that you figured out how to have like the primary event that's going on at the firehouse, but then also to be like, look, here are some options of things that may be going on that you can extend in your weekend. Like I've yeah. like someone who's listening out there who has the wherewithal to do this. I have been saying for a while that what the West coast needs is some sort of ghostbusters oriented event that happens around WonderCon because you already have people who are coming out here who like WonderCon is in Anaheim. It's like literally Disney adjacent. So if you had some sort of like, at the same time as WonderCon, like Ghostbusters mini con event, the same way there's like a PK surge that goes along with Dragon Con. There you go. Ran it like the, the rest of your trip could literally be like, OK, well, we're doing this thing on the one day, but we are also going to organize like Ghostbusters a go for an impromptu day at Disney. You know, like we can't wear our flight suits because they won't let us wear costumes into the right. park. <laughs> but we could see how many PKE meters we could smuggle in, you know, just there like and that's. You know, I'm not going to do it. Everybody's like, well, you just came up with the idea, Jim. It's your turn. No, no, I'm no, no, no. Man. I'm an idea. I'm, man. Right. I'm, not, I'm not not implementing this. This is uh, for somebody else who has the the time and the uh, wherewithal to do it. The same capacity that amazing Dan Lieberg does. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's what I think is neat is like this has grown not just like, oh, it's one event on one day. It's like, no, there's like once the community is assembled in a place there's like a, a, all these other things that can start to happen walking tours, whether it's like going out to ball games together and kind of doing it in theme. Like all of that is like something that people can come and do on a weekend and spend two, three days doing that. Yeah. It's, 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 it's great. And I think like the, the fandom needs more like destination moments like this, like that are kind of like, they don't have to be huge cons. They could just be like, look, like we're going to do a Ghostbusters gathering that's happening in this city, like in Columbus, Ohio, for some reason. I don't know why somebody figure it out. <laughs> yeah, you know, no, I mean, it's it really is. That has kind of been something that I've learned over the uh, over the first couple of years is, you know, the first year we kind of did it and then everybody just split. And a few people met up at bars later in the night after the event. And it was like why don't we try to maybe plan a dinner or at least like a bar meetup, like just, right. Hey, let's go to this bar. And, um, you know, just to get everybody where we can all just sit and chat and talk about whatever. It doesn't even have to be ghostbusters. Just meet your internet friends. Like, right. <laughs> yes. Like actually have a meal with people in your life. Yes. Right? It's like the weirdest thing to say, but it's like, I, I repeatedly say that, like, as I get older, all I really want is a sandwich. Like right? I, as I've now like, you know, people are like, what do you want out of life? And I'm like a sandwich and a good <laughs> and a good diet, good, nice, cold diet Coke. Like I'm satisfied at this point. If you have pizza, I'm thrilled, but I'll absolutely settle for us, you know, a sandwich. Well, that's what I was going to say. This hotel has this really awesome patio off the back of uh, the parking lot. And it probably, I want to say, I'm probably overestimating, but I'll say, I'll say there's 10 to 15 tables. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if we have a ton of fans staying at this hotel, that's a nice spot where we can all just meet up, order a couple pizzas or however many we need. And, um, you know, have drinks, have sodas, have whatever anybody wants. And right. just and chat and talk about stuff and it's right next to the parking lot so we can all show off our ectos yes and like you're in new york city so the pizza you eat will be better than anywhere else you will eat it in your life uh one buffalo has good pizza but new york city pizza is excellent (laughs) 
Yeah. Um, I, well, we know we could we could throw down about this. I'm sure um, I, I'm a pizza snob who makes his own at home because none of the California pizza here is good enough. And I'm going to just I'm going to totally That's say fair. this. Very sn- That's fair. I'm going to say this very snobby thing. Um, which I posted very blatantly to my social media yesterday as a, um, to my personal account. Um, and I was very snide about it. My, my partner took me out, you know, she took me out to a, a Neapolitan pizza place that we've gone to for many years. We've been going there for probably like eight or nine years. It is actually, you know, certified. It's allowed to use the word, you know, Neapolitan. It's okay. got like the stamp of approval from the people of, you know, Napoli or Naples or whatever. <laughs> um, and we, regularly go there and we were sitting there eating pizza and she's eaten all of the variations of pizza over the course of the pandemic as I like perfected. Cause that became one of my things is I was just like, I leaned into cold fermenting pizza dough in my house Sure. and she turned around and took like two bites of pizza, looked back at me across the table on my 43rd birthday and said, your pizza is better than this. Yep. And I looked at her and my eyes welled up with tears and I said, thank you so much. I love you. And she said, that is also the most sentimental thing I'm going to say to you right now. And I said, I don't care, but like she was, but so I have become a pizza snob, I admit, but yes, Buffalo has good pizza too, but New York yeah. city pizza is amazing and yes. legendary. And there's like, like there's no, if bad pizza tries to exist in New York city, all other pizza just squelches it out of existence. Like you yep. can't, there's no such thing as a little Caesars in New York. Why would yep. there ever be? Yep. <laughs> like, <laughs> but yeah, so go eat good pizza. And then in the morning, eat good bagels. Um, oh my God, dude. With the bagel place that we found last year um i brought a whole bunch home froze them i brought corned beef from that place uh strami i was eating like a king for a week and a half after that the sandwich that i had the bagel sandwich i still remember it It was called the hanover hangover i want to say the place is called leo's bagels we're gonna google this right now it was do it, please, because I'm going to get the ingredients wrong. But everything that was on this bagel sandwich, and it was something stupid, like $14. <laughs> it was 100% worth it. It was the most delicious breakfast sandwich I have ever had in my life. All right, here you go. It is, <laughs> it is in fact, Leo's Bagels. And according to a November 17th, 2021 uh, tweet that they put out, they said, move over bacon, egg and cheese. The Hanover hangover has arrived. Let's bacon, go. Bacon, sausage, egg, cheddar and a potato latka. Yes, <laughs> that's it. It is amazing. <laughs> yeah, that sounds really good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't eat I don't eat meat, but that still sounds really good to me. Like in a sense of like, I'll take the bacon off and I find myself a impossible sausage. There you go. Got a, got a, you know, got a sandwich going. <laughs> but I mean, but yeah, you're I, you're 100 percent right. The bagels in New York are fantastic. And everybody yeah, knows that, this. This is like the most cliche thing ever. Bagels no, and pizza totally are great is. in New York City. Of course. It totally is. But I will throw it on the whole stack of like, if you have any question, if you're like, hey, I'm on the fence. Should I go to the Ghostbusters Day event, like down at the firehouse and go do some things in New York City? If you don't, like you're going to regret it. But then if you don't and you regret it, you'll also have not put amazing and delicious things in your belly. Which yes. is like another reason to go. So, yes. you know, like. But, but again, that it speaks to the whole idea that we're talking about, right, of like making it a weekend. And I know some people just yeah. drive up for the day or whatever, and that's fine. 
but you're there. You're in New York City. Experience some other things. Don't just come to the event and then leave. Like, get yourself a slice of pizza. Get yourself a bagel. Do something. Like, you're in New York City. Just enjoy it. Yeah. Go go to Rockefeller Center, even though there's no tree there right now, and imagine one is there. Um. (laughs) Okay, but if you want to imagine one is there, you got to imagine a crowd of, like, nine thousand oh, yeah. people crammed into a one yeah. block area it is yeah. nothing like home alone no i'm sorry like Evan most, being most there just like, he's just standing there talking to the tree by himself yep either that was 2 a.m or no <laughs> no even if it was 2 a.m there would have no, there would have still, still been people people. around right they would yeah. still like it's rock center like at in the middle of Christmas time, there's constantly people around at all points. Um, you know, I, it's kind of funny. You're right. Cause it's like, that is the least realistic New York scene probably in any movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> next and to maybe like we, Godzilla in the Madison square garden. <laughs> yeah. But every time we watch it, my wife is like, Oh, it's so romantic there. We got to go and take a picture. I'm like, we can't even take a picture. We like hold each other's pinkies and walk through a crowd of people trying to. That's true. You can't That's even true. stand next to each other and take a photo. Our family ritual as kids was we would go into New York City. We would see the real Santa Claus at Macy's oh. on 34th Street. Like that was okay. all other Santa Clauses were um, inferior subordinates who just reported to the big boss and they worked at the mall. But they were not actually they just they had a line to him, but he they were not him. And we were okay. told as kids that when we saw him on Thanksgiving Day on television, that was the one that was going to, you know, the Macy's in 34th street, just like on a miracle 34th street. Cause apparently in my parents' worldview of how Santa Claus operates, you just tie all the narrative movies of Christmas together to build a mythos. That works. <laughs> right? like, I, yeah, you know, they, they built the first multiverse, the first connected, right. the so, MCU so is me, just copying your parents. <laughs> no, it's true. And so to me, like the Christmas multiverse includes like, you know, going to Macy's, going to rock center and going to FAO Schwarz in its original location. And, you know, like seeing the giant singing clock that yep. um, saying, welcome to our world. That of was creepy toys. As And hell. some of you, I just destroyed some of you for the rest of the day. You're going to be like, welcome to our, welcome to our world. <laughs> you hate me right now. I'm sorry. Um, especially the New York City Ghostbusters. If they listen to this, they're like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> they're like, I just got that out of my head. <laughs> um, but I think I have to say, like, as much as we derailed a little bit, a little bit about New York, um, I think that what you're doing and like how this has grown and like, you know, your involvement in it, your connection with Buffalo and kind of, you know, like the, you've, I I don't mean to say like, Hey, you are Buffalo, but like you have been probably the most vocal person from Buffalo. I've known in the time that I've known the Buffalo ghostbusters. And so, um, yeah, I'm I'm probably, I'm probably the most active on social media. Um, but you know, again, I do have to, it's a group effort. Yeah. Yeah. Group effort. Awesome people working with me. It's not about me. It's not about, anything like that, but I appreciate yeah. the kind words. Cause yeah. Um, you know, we all, we all work hard. Yes. I like to give credit where I think it's due to individuals who then feel awkward about how <laughs> that might be perceived by others. And like, if you're Canadian, then it means you get awkward about it sometimes. Shout out to Chris Stewart, who I like to voice lots of praise on. And then he gets quiet. Uh, but <laughs> like I, I realistically, I mean that like I've, I've gotten to know you a bit over the years as online and interactions and like conversations that started as quick back and forth one. And I would just go, wow, okay, this guy is like, he's actually, he's making a point. He actually can formulate an argument. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, and I think you do good at communicating and like getting things done and organizing. So um, I'm excited to see that. what you, you know, what you continue to build with Buffalo. I wish I was going to be 
in New York. I thought about trying to do it. Honestly, I was my, um, very coincidentally without getting too specific. Cause I don't want to like dox someone in my life. Uh, someone in my life has a birthday very close to Ghostbusters day who like, I, okay. I don't get to see often enough. And I was like, well, what if I can just like manage to, you know, like do this, like this fashion. And now like by the same token, my, my nieces, my, my brother, my sister is going to have kids again soon. And, um, she's due sometime in September. And I'm like, listen, dragon con week sounds like a great idea, right? Like why not have a kid? And that way, when you have a kid, I can come out for its birthday and then I can just (laughs) boom straight down the East Coast. So plan it for then so that I could go. (laughs) Yeah. So I was I was trying to figure out how to come out to the Ghostbusters Today event in New York because that's been so long since I've been to New York. And um, like my folks have all moved out of there now. And so I actually don't have a reason to come back to home anymore, which is weird. Um, and I was like, well, I can go home and go see people who I don't get to see. And that would be cool. Um, but it's not going to work this year. So well, it's all right, one of these years, yeah. we don't play it. We don't plan on going anywhere. We're going to keep doing it as long as people keep coming. So, yeah. Well, by the time you're done, like when you finish this event, <laughs> you'll come the last la- year. <laughs> well, no, I was going to say by the time you're done, the need for more space, because you were saying, you know, the big challenge, the limitation is space. You'll have just rebuilt the original footprint of hook and ladder eight. You're like, you'll just build the other half of the building back. You'll work with them. You'll get the money. You're like, listen, we're doing a GoFundMe. The building used to be twice as wide. One long time ago, (laughs) we're doing a historic restoration (laughs) and one half of it is going to be a Ghostbusters and fire museum. And And the other half of it is going to still be working firehouse. And my negotiation will be with the historical society that will rebuild that half. If they let us hang the sign the right way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And, and here's the deal. They'll write it into the canon of a future Ghostbusters movie that is a result of a dimensional cross rip the firehouse duplicated itself in place and, right right and so one half of it is like inside the ghost verse and the other half is not inside the ghost verse this, is, part, this is like taking something from dan's hellbed script it, you know that's yeah. the other side of the firehouse it's the newer <laughs> version of the firehouse there you go i like it right and so that way sony can get in on putting some money in on it too and it'll yes. be a big group effort and then there'll always be enough space Exactly. Perfect. You know what? It could maybe there could be a potential hotel room in there that we could rent out each year for. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it'll be it'll be a a reconstruction of Data Barrett's penthouse that's at the top of the firehouse. I like it. I like it. You know, here we go. We're rolling. This is the new this is the new project. Just Ghostbusters Day 2029. You got six years. That's the timeline I'm putting on this project. I'm an idea okay. person again, not an implementer. Okay. This is all your job now. Couldn't even go to 2031 <laughs> and let it be our 10th anniversary. Not all right, I'll give you that. Years. Oh, okay. It's fine. I'll grant you that. I'll grant you that. That's fine. That's all right. All right. All right. 2031. All right. <laughs> no, I am excited to see everything you're doing, whatever you build from, the point, from this point forward, even if you don't duplicate the firehouse in place and change the entire <laughs> footprint of an intersection uh, and reconstruct everything around it in New York City. <laughs> Um, uh, you know it's okay don't don't shoot for the moon shoot shoot for what you can accomplish it seems reasonable but there you go um keep doing awesome thank you so much for coming on the podcast Uh, anything else you want to say before you head out anything else you want to plug um no i think i plugged everything just reminders to everybody patches ecto contest both end on the 30th and go hit that gofundme and let's raise a lot of money okay uh thanks for coming on the podcast and uh, we hope to talk to you again soon Thanks a lot, man.
That about wraps things up for Extra Plasm this week. Thanks for tuning in and listening, and thanks to Dan Lyberg for coming on the show and sharing with us what's going to be happening with Ghostbusters Day 2023 and a little bit about the story of how their amazing recurring event uh, got started and continues to grow. Whether or not there's going to be a big event at Sony for Ghostbusters Day this year, who knows? Uh, But what's clear is that fans are going to be making one in New York. I'm jealous I'm not going to be there. Uh, So if you're in the area and you can go, you should totally go do it because it sounds like it's going to be a great time to be at the proverbial street carnival of ghost busting and firefighting (laughs) that's going to be happening outside hook and ladder eight. But I want to thank all of you for listening as I do every week. And thank you to those of you who've been sending some kind words and saying what you've been enjoying out of the episodes in the last few weeks. One thing I will say that's really helpful if you want to help out with it is to uh, leave positive reviews on Apple podcasts, Amazon music, Spotify, wherever it is you're grabbing this podcast from. It really does help people to find the podcast and connect them with other folks like you uh, who are listening. And I really mean it. It's something where like people don't recognize how much those reviews have an impact and algorithms and all kinds of stuff. So you want to say something nice to me and you want to help out and say it to somebody else, feel free to leave a positive review on one of those platforms. Beyond that, uh, thanks again to our awesome friend, Brendan Pierce of Baducci Studios, who provides our logo and also to vaporwave artist Magnavox whose music we have kindly appropriated um, and who we appreciate. And beyond that, um, I hope that you have a great rest of your week. It's a you know continuing onward trip towards Ghostbusters Firehouse or whatever it's finally called. We're all going to get there eventually. Hopefully we're not going to have it all spoiled on us before we get there. Um, but even if you're a little frustrated about those things, just remember what Ernie Hudson says every week. Try to have fun and always keep on busting. Take care.